This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. Week on the great equalizer. Can we ever just be whelmed? I don't know, Sam. I can do with a bit of underwhelm right now. <laughs> Look, obviously, we're bringing all the feels today. Plus, whether they're headed to school or staying with you, will the kids be all right? We ask an expert. I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed. But can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe. <laughs> so if you're going to Europe, let's go, <laughs> let's go together so we can just be whelmed. Yeah, everything's trendy in Europe. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Talk to me. Talk to me. How are you overwhelmed? <clears throat> I mean, I, I just asked if we can be whelmed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's. I think I've reached a limit, but I think what what tends to happen is I like I cruise and I'm doing okay, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, no, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to um, meet the demands of my clients and my three year old and my husband and clean the house and somehow, you know, look after my my body because it's growing a human. I don't even know. I just, this morning I lost my shirts and I just, like, the, look, I think we, we have agreed in the past a lot that I have a wonderful husband. Mm. He's been on the show even. He's, um, people know him, listeners will know him through my um, anecdotes of Ray. He's a, he's a wonderful person. Um, and, a, and an amazing husband and a great dad. And so mm. that validation is there. But like between us and all of our listeners, the division of labor and the mother load is heavily weighted on my shoulders. And, and it's just, not, it's not, it's not intentional. It's not like, it's not like your partner or the dad sits there and he's like, yeah, that's her job. She can do it. The thing is no. that cer- certain things and responsibilities does not even occur to them. It's like they don't know to worry about these things or they, it does. Uh, that's what I find. Like I'll have to say to Rhett and he'll, he'll happily do it when I tell him, but it doesn't occur to him that, oh shit, this thing needs doing. So let me do that so long. Mm, it's just, <laughs> it, um, so I'm feeling it and I, I don't even think I need to really explain it to, um, a lot of the moms are listening. I don't want to discount the dads. If there are any dads listening, I really just want to say to you that what goes through a woman's mind is like, it's like a flipping train. It's not a, it's not a one track thing. It's like a multi-track, like a network of trains going yeah. at full speed. We're not only thinking about dinner and our clients and the the laundry and like everything is just everything is just being juggled at once and it's it's sometimes just really difficult to breathe and and so just know when she snaps at you that's 
that's probably why and it's not because you did anything it's just like legitimately our brains work differently Mm, I believe it I really do believe it I have to tell you on this note, I have been, and not to cast a major shadow over how you are feeling, but I have been surprised by Rhett's ability during this lockdown and even now that we've started working again at at how he is carrying the mother load. I'm not kidding, my friend. I've just, from, from like the 1st of June... I started spacing out and I've just been, I feel like, I feel like I'm the one around the house that's just, he is just picking up all the slack and he's just always two steps ahead of me. Like what dinner's planned. This is sorted. He's got the next bundle of washing on the go. This is the kid's bath time. Jesse needs this. It. He's just doing it. And I'm just like a little, oh, I, I'll guess I'll pick this up and put it in the wash. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. But he, the, the roles have just shifted completely. And, and as much as he's picking up the mother load, he's still running a business, mm. hustling to bring in money. I don't know what has happened to him, but maybe that's why we're going to the cardiologist tomorrow because he's got, <laughs> he's got heart issues. <laughs> well, well done, Reid. Firstly, you deserve a round of applause. I've got to say, like, I have no doubt there are... St- Many husbands out there, including my own, who if if I were to, like there have been days where well, I've had my low blood pressure and I've just been like a man down and he has picked up the slack. But yeah, I mean, there are some, like I think these are just my feelings lately. So yeah, you know, I think your, your mind also is just, you've got a lot on your mind. And like you said, you're like a hamster on a wheel, you said to <laughs> yes. me. At some point, like a, there's a little hamster running on a wheel in there. And so your mind just doesn't switch switch off. And I think maybe because mine has malfunctioned. <laughs> and Red's obviously just like, oh, well, I, I guess I better do something because shit ain't going to happen <laughs> yeah. if I don't do it. <laughs> I think I think maybe I should like um, force quit my brain right now. Because <laughs> yeah. I think then Control. Ray will really just step in. You know, What's I, it? Control F1 or yes. escape, escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. the keyboard. Apple Shift 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on what device you use. <laughs> Listen, uh, we've got a lot of a lot to get through today, but I really, really thought, I mean, you had a good laugh and chuckle at my vomiting in my driveway experience. <laughs> yeah, and did. so did several listeners who have been in touch. So I thought I'd share um, a wonderful shopping experience that I had on Sunday for your entertainment and our listeners. I'd love to hear. <laughs> so, so I avoided when I thought or heard that there may be a peak in, um, you know, the COVID rate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, infection rate. Infection rate, yeah. <clears throat> so I avoided that, but it turns out I didn't actually, and it was still peaking when I went to the shop on Sunday, firstly. <laughs> Um, yes, if you so, look at the statistics today. Yes, so mm-hmm. that's that's sort of just bear this in mind that I'm 23 weeks pregnant. That's in the back of my mind. And I also have Ray going, just, you know, this is what you must do. I got out a lot more than you and I've, I've really, like, he mansplained 
um, safety <laughs> to me. Okay. <laughs> Making me like super stressed to actually just go and do the things I needed to do. And it was like mom things that I needed to do. I cannot trust him to go to Discam at this stage and get all the things that that I needed. Mm. And also I checked and I couldn't order all of those things online. It's a lot has to do with my bladder stuff. I, yeah. I was just like, let me go. And then I also needed to get like a maternity bra for myself and vests for Elijah and a vest for me, like with this cold. So it was like, like I said, it's mom necessities that I had to go and do. Then as well, and this is where the ridiculousness of Sunday comes in. I received a beautiful polo handbag. Um, I've checked and noted my privilege for, <laughs> for Christmas that yes. I exchanged. Um, because it was just too smart for my lifestyle at this stage. So I'm just like, let me go for something a little bit more casual. And long, long, long retailer story short, Polo has not treated me well at all. And so before lockdown, even in February, January, February, it was like 10 visits to and from the shop where they weren't calling me or getting back to me because the handbag that I exchanged um, in January uh, frayed. And I had to take it back. Oh, no ways. I saw that handbag. Yeah. I liked it. I still, I was eyeing it. It was very nice. Well, I had to take it back. And mm -hmm. and they couldn't replace it. And they were just completely dicking me around. That's besides the point. I then got vouchers. So now, because I'm stressed, I'm fixating on stupid things. And I fixated mm -hmm. on um, what? <laughs> What happens because of um, COVID-19 and the economy, Polo in South Africa closes. I'm sitting with <laughs> a, a huge voucher, basically, because mm. they, they gave me a voucher. I'm sitting with like a significant amount of money that I can only spend at Polo. And if they close, that money is lost. Okay. So let me, while I am at the mall today, go and choose a handbag get it done with, and also I don't want anything to do with that brand anymore because they've pissed me off. So let, let me just go and sort it out. And so I went, um, trotted off to Eastgate to do my mom shopping and necessities, but also decided I have to go and exchange this handbag. Um, so or I have to go and use this voucher before they close because of COVID-19. Um, very long story short, I was standing in the shop for what felt like forever and they come back to me and they're like, there's no money on this voucher. What? Yeah. And luckily, I had the slip that proves there should have been money on that voucher because... Oh my God, I would never have had the slip anymore. You are lucky. So oh, fuck, I don't... Yes, like, good on you for keeping that slip. The manager I had been going back and forth with in January and February fucked up royally. Um, what? So I was just like, okay, you guys sort this out. He has the slip, he has everything. Leave this very expensive voucher in the hands of the store that messed up in the first place. And I'm like, I'm going to go to Woolworths. I will be back. Go to Woolworths. And then I needed to exchange vests, like a smaller size vest for a bigger size vest for Elijah. So I needed to go stand in their customer service line when I had chosen all my items. Well... Because you can't try on stuff during this pandemic, the customer service line is next level long. Like, it is mm, insane. I know. 
And by this time, I'm wearing a mask. I've literally walked three kilometers in the small because I had done all my other errands before. It's hard to breathe in those motherfuckers. And I'm you're like, exactly. and you're pregnant. And I'm 23 weeks <laughs> pregnant and I'm getting hot and I'm still nervous, you know, <laughs> about contracting this virus. So I go to, and, I, and I'm not like one to, to not just suck it up, just to, to have the teaspoon of cement and harden the fuck up, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, look, I'm also suffering from low blood pressure. I cannot faint in the Woolworths. Like, I can't afford any of this. So I just go to the nearest shop assistant and I say, um, listen, or two of them actually, and I say, look, I'm pregnant. And by this time, I'm now visibly pregnant. I'm just like, I've got these few items. I need to exchange them. Is there anywhere else in the shop that I can exchange them other than the two people manning the customer service desk? Yeah. And they're like, oh, sorry, ma'am. You know, I know how difficult it is to stand when you're pregnant, but no. And that didn't help me. And I just burst into tears and I left all my items in their hands and (laughs) walked out the store. So by this time, I'm super emotional and I'm just like, please, can you help me? I never ask for help. I never ask anybody for help. And I'm asking you for help. And you, I really need this help. (laughs) I really needed you to give me a little bit of special treatment in this. Surely I could have exchanged the the items and I felt stupid for asking in the first place and they didn't help me and so I just my emotions overwhelmed me and I just burst into tears then leave all the shopping items at Woolworths Um, I should have just not exchanged and just bought extra and then exchanged at a later stage but you know when you're just so emotional just logic doesn't take over you don't want to be wasteful. You know, what if something happens that you can't exchange it later? Yeah, and, exactly. And you've spent the money. And, yeah, no, it's too complicated. So then I went back to Polo. I'm just like, okay, well, at least I'll get this voucher and I'll spend it and whatever. Get there and the woman I'm dealing with has gone to the toilet. And the two assistants kind of don't even acknowledge me. They what? talk among themselves and then they say, ma'am, let me just phone head office and see if we can get this sorted out. I was like, no, some, the manager was getting this sorted out. Where is she? No, she's That's in the toilet. That's why I left. So that <laughs> by the time I got back, it was sorted out. Exactly. So then, they, then what really pissed me off is they weren't talking to me. So I, I was that Karen in the, sh- in the uh, store going, can you just look at me? Can you just look at me and acknowledge? Now I've also got a mask on. So oh, no, probably look and free. sound ridiculous. And then oh, they're God. like, ma'am, I said, I'm just leaving. I will come back. And they're like, ma'am, just leave us your name and number. Now, I can't tell you this is probably the 20th time I've left my name and number at that store. So I've got my hand and I start shaking and I burst into tears. And I say, I'll come back. Just I'll come back. I'm not, <laughs> not giving you my name and number. And so just... I mean, I, I don't burst into tears in shops and I did it twice on Sunday and so I just, and lost my shit. And so just imagine this like heavily pregnant woman and then crying and I think everybody's just going, shame you, she's, she's yeah. struggling with this poor woman. She's losing it, like, <laughs> it's got to be the hormones. Yes, <laughs> she's pregnant. It's exactly, like, it's the hormones. Is, 
which is <laughs> great. Thanks. I'll just, yeah. Oh, man, that sucks. I'm sorry. Hormones, everything. So, well, at least you didn't vomit on the floor I and you didn't, didn't faint. No. So, you just cried. I just I just <laughs> cried and shouted and I should have had that like can I talk to the manager hairstyle on, on Sunday. That should have been me. Uh, okay, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I mean I've mentioned to you I've I'm just spacing out. I've I have spaced out lately. I don't know what's going on with me, but the hamster on my wheel has dawned off and he's lying somewhere in the dust. <laughs> I think he's like, joined mine. Just, he's not getting back up again. I literally have this like stupid look on my face constantly and I, I feel like all I need is for um for some drool to be dribbling out of my mouth <laughs> because I am just nowhere. I'm nowhere. I just, I'm so overwhelmed. I just feel like everything is a mess. You're like, is so it called that's apoplectic? That. Is that the right word? I or don't like even know. Or whatever, I, were you just like, uh, eh. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm just like, uh, what, huh? <laughs> what did you say? I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. I'm totally and utterly just a zero. Is what it is. Like, you know, when, like, actually a zero, I'm less than a zero. Because if you have enough zeros after a number, it actually means something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even, I am less than what that zero uh, contributes. So you're below, <laughs> un, you're below underwhelmed. You're like me. Yes, I, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to snap out of it. But <laughs> I, I'm sure I will. It can't last forever. <laughs> so look, um... <laughs> The best part of not being whelmed or underwhelmed right now um, for us is that the schools are likely to go back soon, Charlene. Yay, maybe, perhaps, yeah. if, we, <laughs> if we cross our fingers hard enough. However, not our kids. <laughs> Listen, I'm laughing because if I don't, <laughs> then I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm so with you, sister. Thing is, even if we had our parenting shit together, you and I, the question remains if the kids will eventually be all right. And that is what we'll be chatting about today, ultimately. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Okay, so listen, following on from our last episode, which was two weeks ago, right? Yeah. ECD schools are no closer to actually knowing what the fuck yeah. is going on. It's been two weeks and nothing has changed. Nothing. And when this episode goes out, which is the 6th of July, is when... They are supposed, when it's been proposed, that they would. However... Yeah, that was the estimated opening date. The Department of Social Development and uh, the Department of Basic Education, neither of them have made a statement on the matter or given any kind of clarity. And people are up in arms. And you can imagine why. It's, the, it's mm. getting to be ridiculous. Now, 
Look, you and I discussed last week or last episode why our kids will not be going back on the 6th of July if the schools do open for various reasons. But that doesn't stop us being angry on behalf of firstly the schools that are being completely dicked around and parents who need the service, right? For sure. I mean, these schools are ultimately still businesses. And I I see messages on social media from moms asking all the time, does anybody know anything? What's happening? Is there any is there any news? Like, what's the latest? I hear conflicting information. It, uh, everybody is just confused, mm-hmm. and and it everything is so uncertain. It's the worst. This is the like. This must be because it's our kids, is yeah, and how we manage our kids, and it's our our day to day lives. Like, I can handle. Sam, you can't go to a restaurant for the next six months. Sorry, you know. Obviously, because mm. a restaurant isn't my business, yada, yada, yada. But we are a parenting podcast. So I'm looking at it as a parent and I just, I don't know. It's This uncertainty is just next, next level stressful. And I feel for parents, man. Um, and I look, so today I'm, I'm just, I'm always trying to keep abreast of what's happening. We kindly had a... Parents, um, a listener sent us an open letter from a Montessori school teacher, an open letter to President Cyril Ramaphosa, um, just about about the uncertainty. And you know, it's quite right what people are saying that it, it looks like. And I'm never a government slammer. I'm just not like that. I always try to kind of be positive and um, see what what good is being done. But it doesn't look like our kids are being prioritized. And this is what's hurting me, right? For sure. I mean, it's just, I've been on the edge of my seat every time there is an address or there's something in the news about schools and I quickly whip it open to read and there's just never Nothing. even a mention. Never. Other than other than the outright statement that if an ECD center is affiliated with another school, um, like a Redham or a whatever, we discussed this in our last episode, other than that mention... There has not been, and the fact that that uh, privately owned ECD centers are not to uh, open unless a date has been specified. Other than that, there has been no mention of it even. Like, like, does this not even exist? And I can't help but wonder, is this because they don't want Tani Sunny, who's a day mother, who has 40 kids at her or, or 10 kids at her house, um, to open without the right regulations and precautions or are they just, is this just like an ostrich approach where we stick our head in the sand and then pretend the, the, the problem doesn't exist? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, should, I or, don't know. Or do we just really <laughs> not matter? Yeah. Do our kids, does, does it, or do these businesses just really not matter? I, I mean, someone said, in this statement by um, – it's actually by the South African Montessori Association um, that a nation is judged by the way it treats its children and our country should be hanging its head in shame. And, I mean, like I say, I'm not one to go for extremisms, but wh- how else can we actually look at it at this stage? So mm. I just – I really feel here yeah, – and the SA National Schools Association, which is um, championing this cause on behalf of – um, ECD schools in South Africa, they're going to court to try and get the date in, installed or to, t- to try and get some clarity. 
They were in court again today and yet again there's more delays. And I'm just, yeah. Even if even if the DSD decides, no, September once summer kicks in or whatever, just just start communicating. And we always say just that on this something. podcast. That's to avoid any kind of, you know, unpleasantness or stress or whatever. Communication is always key. And can you imagine what these poor principals or school owners or teachers at these schools must be going through? They must be getting inundated with parents because yeah. now remember, yeah. as, as condescending as this sounds, every mom's child is a special snowflake. So you're mm-hmm. like, well, my kid cannot be – I can just th- – that's me. I, I'm a proper Karen when it comes to stuff <laughs> like that, you know. Like we need to plan our lives and I will not – our kids have suffered enough and you – it is your responsibility to keep us uh, parents informed. But the schools can only do – the ECD centers can only do so much because they are just as in the dark as the rest of us. Just as we speak now, um, Charlene, I just got a, a notification on Facebook – from a friend tagging me in a post saying um, that the government changed the wording of its gazette without saying so. Like, I haven't read it properly, but I'm saying, like, this is such an issue that even as we sit here, I've gotten two messages and I've gotten another message from a friend who was trying to call me earlier saying she's stressing about school with her four-year-old because now they want them to go back on the 7th. And she says, I'm just so scared he heard me. And um, said, Mommy, I'm so happy I'm going back to school. I miss it so much. So, you know, so mm. now she... It's, that's awful. This is this is a horrible fucking situation. And that's that's just two messages in the, in the 30 minutes we've been talking. So, mm. look, our privilege, yours and mine, is that, again, we have, a, we have a choice in this matter. We have... I'm a work-at-home mom, and yeah, I can bitch as much as I want about the juggle. But if I... I did a little bit less work, which is my choice. Um, I could lessen the load on myself. And you have alternatives, um, you know, to to look after. You've got your mom-in-law who will be able to help out. And we all have ways and well, – you and I have ways and means. But there is warranted outrage from parents with no other option um, but to send their kids to school. And it's a fuck-up and clearly shows how our kids are not a priority. Bottom line for me. Mm. So I just wanted to air that to show those parents and the owners of ECD schools who are mostly also parents, to be honest. And mm. um, we mm. see you. We see you and we acknowledge your hurts and we, we're behind you and we're sorry, you know, that you're going through this. And Okay, look, listeners, um, <laughs> excuse us because we're going to take a, a quick break to rage on this in silence. <laughs> but while we take that break, <laughs> let's hear from this episode's sponsor. Sam, we've officially been quote unquote teachers for a little over three months now. And I got to be honest, I'm still none the wiser and I don't have a cooking clue what I'm doing. Aha, if you're not my foolhardy friend, you know I've always got a trick up my sleeve. I knew you would help. (laughs) Well, not me per se, but I know someone who does help. Tower Kids has saved my prego tush more times than I care to remember this lockdown period. And now I've got to say... I'm a lifetime convert. Ah, they're the stationary brand, right? Right. But actually, so much more. 
this beloved brand has developed a range of educational products that are both fun and affordable, including a variety of art and craft activities, as well as bath time fun packs and a little scientist range. Tower Kids has catered for every mood and personality and saved my bacon on days where I just couldn't anymore. With guidance from professional child therapists, Tower Kids products have been designed and developed to encourage the advancement of sensory, language and fine motor skills in young children. Giving your kids the tools they need to become the best grown-ups they can be. And giving us stay-at-home teacher moms some peace of mind that our kids are getting all the brain food they need. Find Tower Kids products online at takealot.com or at your fave local retailers including CNA, PNA and Westpac Lifestyle stores. Or visit their website at towerkidsedu.com. So last week we discussed our um, decisions as parents on going back to school. And we've spoken a lot about about that this week again, um, not in the decisions, but about whether they are allowed to actually or not. But um, look, as two overwhelmed idiots who don't know what we're doing most of the time, we had to, again, bring in those reinforcements that we like to bring in um, when it comes to our children's mental health which is what we really wanted to get down and dirty with um, in this episode. So, of course, I asked an expert. Guys, our guest today is educational psychologist Zakira Mohammed, a mom and qualified foundation phase teacher who I've come to rely on over the years for her invaluable insight into raising happy, healthy, confident little people. Zakira, we are so pleased to have you on The Great Equalizer. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's, such a, it's such a pleasure to have you join us because we're a little bit lost <laughs> with regards to our, our children's emotional well-being in, in this context. But before we get into all of that, uh, we want to know something that we ask all of our guests and that's who calls you mom? I have three little boys. Uh, not so little anymore. One teenager, wow. two. So a fourteen-year-old. I have a five-year-old and a four-year-old. So quite. Have, I have my hands full. <laughs> yeah, and across the spectrum. So you, you have, yes. uh, uh, you have the perspective of someone raising a teen, but also children in the ECD space. So I can't actually wait to pick your brain on this. Um, sure. As mentioned, in the current context of COVID-19 and social distancing, isolation, parents are finding themselves in an unprecedented time um, and torn about school, among many other things, but we're all torn about school, especially parents of very little ones, where we, not, we don't have to worry about them graduating to the next grade, um, although I'd love to get your insights on that as well. But focusing on children that are attending or that have been attending um, early childhood development centers, I think we're all worried about our children's social and emotional well-being. So these are unprecedented times, right? So each and every person is dealing with what is going on differently. There is no universal um, definition or feeling that goes with what each and every one of us is going through as parents or as children, right, as our children. 
Um, some may be coping just fine where others may be struggling. What we do know that during these times, the feeling of uncertainty is always, is an emotion that is ongoing. Unfortunately, not an emotion that any psychologist or any one of us can work through. Basically, sorry, I'm putting it in the wrong way. So we can help you to tolerate uncertainty and accept it, but it's not something that's going to disappear mm-hmm. because no one has answers at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So we are living in the times, usually when there's uncertainty, we go in with a solution-focused method in terms of saying, okay, let's try and make ourselves feel more secure. In these times, uncertainty is good. But how can we make ourselves more secure? We make ourselves feeling more secure, secure by the structure within the uncertainty. So I'll go a bit more in detail, a bit in a bit, right? But just to let you know about the social and emotional um, uncertainty that each and every parent is wondering, how is it going to affect my child if I keep them at home or to let them go to school? Every child is unique, every child is different, and therefore I cannot say that each and every child will be affected same, uh, similarly. Mm. Um, but what I can say is obviously a child has been with this primary caregiver in a house for many months, right? Like in, when they then go to school, we need to treat it like almost they're going back. You know, when children go first time to crash, to grade R, grade one, mm. they get that little bit of separation anxiety. Because they've been with you. They've been, they've only, most children have only seen you and not met other adults or not met met other children. Um, They've been with you and totally reliant on you for the past few months. So there will be that little bit of separation anxiety if a parent chooses to send their child back. I'm not going to say you need to or you don't need to. I think everyone needs to take stock of their own household their own children's uh, well-being, for example, we've mentioned before that I've got three children. One of my children, uh, one of my children is considered high risk in a sense that he's on a pump already. Mm. So he's someone I would not expose. I would not send out. Whereas my other child is, has a good immune system, doesn't necessarily get sick in a hurry, all of those, and he's the one that I'm considering sending back. Um, so we have the various things, but what I think in terms of socially and emotionally, it depends also how a parent, uh, how a parent handles the situation. Because the child doesn't know, they rely on a parent for cues. If you anxious, if you, um, uh, overly, so, so if you anxious, if you focusing totally on the negativity, on the news, each and every time looking at different news channels, looking at the death rate, looking at all of the ne- negative aspects, that's what your child's going to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, a simple thing, Samantha, simple thing what I often find and I'm hearing quite often in households is my, my children and I are stuck at home. We keep hearing those words. We need to reframe the way we talk. You are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. So just by changing the vocabulary, you're already making the child feel more at ease. If you're sending them out to school, you're not, oh, no, now you have to go to school and be stuck with this mask for so, for so long. You're keeping yourself safe and you're keeping others safe by having this mask. Mm. So change the way we talk is a key factor in, in dealing with children. And how you react, how you deal with that is how 
how your child will take those cues. They rely on you. It's an uncertain time. They're going to rely on their parents for that cue. Um, if your if the parent is is not is dealing with their own anxieties, I'm not saying we don't have. In this time, most of us are dealing with some sort of anxiety. Uh, but if you are dealing with it in a healthy way, then the child would be able to cope much better. So, you know, courageous, as they say, courageous and resilient children leads to courageous and uh, sorry, courageous and resilient parents leads to courageous and resilient children. Um, you know, you have to be mindful of your actions, your the way you talk. It's for the ECD phase, and even the older children, not even the ECD, the older children, even during the stands, are relying on the parents for cues. Mm-hmm. If you want your child to be less anxious, um, it's how you deal with your own emotions. Um, and yes, yeah, so socially and emotionally, we do expect a little bit, not in all cases, in some cases of separation anxiety uh, disorder coming through because a child has been totally with a parent the whole time. We do expect also a certain amount of regression. So, for example, we've been in lockdown, sleeping, time, um, all of that has changed. So, routines are thrown off balance. We need to we need to expect all of this. If we're sending a child out to school, how do we prepare them socially and emotionally? Number one, we need to explain to them how school is going to be different. Um, There's many resources. I know the the World Health Organization and UNICEF has released quite a few books which can help each and every parent. I know there's one book, I think it's on the U.S. UNICEF website. Um, I think it's called My Hero Is You. I could be mistaken, but it's a wonderful book. There's lots of resources online. There's resources there's a storybook that um, somebody has created to explain social distancing. I saw that. It was, your child. it was on your um, Facebook Facebook page, right? Yes. Where there's yes. a, so I, a hedgehog and, a, and, and so they use that illustration and that story to explain well, you might want to show physical love but or to your friends or, or affection, but this is why you can't. And so just just a useful tool in explaining these things to your children. Exactly. So there's many useful tools. I think the UNICEF book, if I'm not mistaken, is called My Hero Review. And then I've also posted a few resources on my Facebook page and my Instagram profile, um, which I've put quite a few resources. So number one, if you do decide to send your child back to school, you need to equip them with the knowledge. Mm. So how school is going to be different? What should be, what is, what, how I, what do you need to expect? Um, you no longer will be able to hug your friend or sit as close by, or you you will need to wear a mask the whole day. Equip them with all the knowledge and prior to even sending them to school, start making them do those things at home so it becomes familiar. Mm. Let them sit with the mask. Let them do their online schooling or whatever it is that they are doing, whether it's coloring, playing, touching up stuff with the mask. See. Try and find a market works for them. Yes, they're small children. They are going to fidget, whatever it is. But the more they get used to it, the easier it becomes. Let them practice washing their hands the appropriate way. Even though they're at home and they haven't had exposure to the outside world, let them do it while they're at home. So when you go into school, it's not 
so different. Yes, schooling system will be different, but we're going to prepare them for that. But washing their hands will be something that they used to because they've been doing it at home, keeping their mask on. Uh, they're starting to do it at home, so it's not something that should put on them now because they're going to school or they went for a shopping trip for 10 minutes and they only wore the mask for 10 minutes. We need to start increasing little, little, little by little every single day. Mm, because um, it's going to be so minimum some, four hours with a mask yes. on for those children who are going back. Exactly. And then another thing is keep yourself informed. I think as a parent myself, I was also pretty much on edge on what to do with my children, um, whether to send them, whether not to send them, uh, which one of them to send and which one should I leave at home or should I send them all. I, as you know, I've got different age groups and therefore I've got to be mindful of that as well. Um, but basically what i did is I joined quite a few webinars. There's beautiful webinars that are out, free of charge, um, given by professionals like Professor Shabir, I think Professor Shabir Madi, who speaks about how children, the infection rate um, that children get, how strong the strain is, what is their, uh, uh, what is their transmission rate to another person, to another adult. And I think equipping yourself with that knowledge lessens that anxiety. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to repeat the statistics, but it is readily available. Mm. Um, but for me, it, I took comfort in that, knowing that. And because what? often we're being bombarded by, the, by oh, oh, this one is getting infected and that one is getting infected and this one is dying. But we're not really seeing it in terms of, you know, how many of those are asymptomatic? How many of those are symptomatic? How many of from those, how many of those are children? From the children, how, how if they get it, can they come transmitted to family members at home? Or how quick is the transmission rate? What is the strain of the virus if they do get it? You know, mm. those type of knowledge is what will lessen our anxiety as parents. And also, wouldn't you say, and this is what we keep telling our listeners as well, from a, from a layperson's perspective, is go with your gut. You know what's right for your family. So equip yourself. There's a lot of information out there. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, contradictory information as well. But if something resonates with you, listen to listen to that gut. You know, as you say, your children are all individuals. You know what's best for one and what's best for another. What's best for one family is not necessarily what's best for another. So I like that. Exactly. Just equipping yourself with the knowledge and then also going with that that ever-knowing mom gut, you know? Mm. But at the same time, Samantha, I think as we as moms are also being bombarded by social media, right? Mm. So we take in a lot of the information of WhatsApp messages that we're getting. Or mm. um, And there's a lot of fear Facebook. Exactly. And, you know, from just watching these webinars, I realized, by given by these health professionals, I realized that we are only seeing the doom and gloom. We're not realizing um, that, you know, yes, the virus is out there. Yes, it's scary. Yes, vulnerable people do uh, are at high, high risk. And then you need to find out who is considered vulnerable. But also, a lot of those people are asymptomatic. A lot of them do not go to hospitals. A lot of them have mild symptoms. Mm. A lot of them recover. So try and also focus a bit because our news channels are all about the bear. So it's not all Very doom and gloom, yeah. So, right. so ease your own and anxiety. Think, exactly. So, so there, there's two things here. Keep yourself informed, 
website going to a reliable source. So watching a, a webinar, which you know that there's quite a few out by the various uh, researchers, health professionals that are leading the, the research in South Africa or within South Africa, it's free of charge, go on there, watch those. Number two, do not try and stay clear of sites which are not reliable and then also limit your exposure. So get yourself informed, but don't go for overexposure. Not every single news report that comes out or every single time updating on that will lead to more anxiety. Mm. You want to be informed, but you don't want overexposure. Overexposure leads to fear, which leads to anxiety. Um, so, yeah. So I think there's a fine line. So you've discussed um, what parents, parents who are taking their children back, I think that was very useful to, to explain to your children what to expect to prepare them so that they also feel like they, they have a little bit of control and also to expect a little bit of um, social anxiety or, or increased clinginess and attachment to you, especially as they go back to school. But what about those parents who have decided to keep their children at home for the foreseeable future. Um, is there any psychological repercussion on your child only pretty much being exposed to, say, you and, and your partner or even uh, just a close-knit group of family members? What I'm feeling is parents are worried that their children are going to lack um, social development because they're not out there playing with other children their age. Among many other... Oh possible psychological repercussions? Sure. So, I mean, children are social creatures, right? We say that most of us are sending out to ECD. We're not really worried about the academics. Well, yeah. myself, I could speak for myself. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm really so worried about the academic as what I am worried about the emotional and social development. Hmm. I feel academic will come. It will. With time, it will work, right? We'll get there. Obviously, as your child gets older, we focus more on academic as well. But like if you've got your ones in your ECD centers, we're sending them for the purpose of social interaction, right? And uh, that's most, well, mainly why we're sending them because they're not so academic focused. Yes, as they get into grade R, et cetera, it does become more academic focused. So what I think is if you have decided to keep your child at home, I am not here to say you should send or you shouldn't send, but I think you need to find means and ways of letting them connect with other children, whether it's through video calls um, or joining them in some sort of online group, not academic session, but like something where they get to chat to other children and be with other children. Um, you need to maintain some sort of, or you need to let them maintain some sort of social interaction. Yes, it's not the same as being face to face with other children, but at least if you're providing it, whether it's something like a, a, a video call or a group sort of uh, activity which is done online, they're still receiving some sort of social interaction, chatting to other people, speaking to people, um, speaking to other friends, rather than just staying with the mom, the dad, and whoever was in that household. Mm. They do need that social interaction. That's um that's very useful and 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 in terms of okay so you did say that you aren't worried and and neither am I really about um, school readiness especially for say your kid is two three maybe even four you're not in the pre grade R you're not in grade R yet it's really just uh, learn through play 
But for those well, of us who are, you know, juggling housework and possibly a full-time job as well, um, how would you keep your kids busy during this time? I mean, I think we all hit the ground running um, early on in early lockdown with all the baking, making Play-Doh, making, um, you know, edible paint. And we, we really just, it was like full steam ahead and we were all energized. But now three months down the line, <laughs> we're running out of ideas. What would you recommend is a, a sustainable way to kind of still keep our children stimulated and to, to keep that balance between one-on-one time with mom and, or dad and independent play? I mean, I feel like now, whereas we started a little bit less structured, or for, I'm speaking for myself, um, you know, just went into it like it was an extended school holiday. I think a lot of us are starting to realize we need, if we're keeping our children at home especially, we need to instill some structure. Um, So how would you recommend we go about that? So structure is important, right? And you may find, you may try it, it may not work, you may have to adjust. Mm. So you find something that works for you. We all can't have similar sort of structures. I have a certain structure where, for example, my children are doing online schooling that happens in the morning. I then take them out. I open the outdoors. I let them run outside. I'm fortunate enough to have a yard um, and for them to play outside. And they have they have a sort of structure which, oh, this happens this time or more or less this time. I found something that works for me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone, right? So you need to find what works for you. Um, in terms of why I'm saying structure is important, when a child is feeling insecure, what what brings about security? It's routine and structure. So, yes, our structure is not the same as our going to school where you're up and out of the house by 7 and then come in at a certain time. Even if you're starting off your day, let's say by 9 o'clock, but there must be a structure. So from nine o'clock to this time, you, to this time, we will do this. And then obviously if it doesn't work. You adjust, you tweak. Your structure will not be the same as somebody else's structure. You need to work with what, you need to deal with what works for you. On that particular topic, when first, um, when we first started lockdown and I decided to, you know, try this schooling and try the structure and whatever, I just felt miserably. And then I had to decide, okay, what is realistic for me and my family? Out of the five tasks that I planned, and if I get to one or two, that's great. It's good enough. I think one of the best things you need to do is lower your expectations. What you used to do pre-COVID compared to what you can do now, it's going to be different. And I don't think you should be hard on yourself. Each This is an uncertain time. It's difficult for all of us. We're playing many roles which we weren't playing before. And therefore, I think the most important thing is lower your expectations. Don't put unrealistic things on. Even if you set out, let's say today I'm going to do with my child five things and you get to do one of it, it's good enough. You've done something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how to keep them occupied, I think what is very important for the ECD phase is what, what I, what I, what is coming out the best, what you're concentrating right now on the ECD phase is that you need to make sure that the child has some sort of play. So, and some sort of, so remember in ECD, what we're looking at is we're not looking at so much them, their ability to write their names, their, that happens, yes, from grade R onwards, but below that, it's mainly about social development, emotional development, the ability to share, the ability to take turns, 
development of your fine motor skills and development of your gross motor skills. Those are things, and obviously language development where we're getting them out of baby talk. That happens just by speaking to them normally, um, correcting them when they're saying something incorrectly, just but not in a harsh way, in a way that, you know, like you repeat it after them so that they realize, okay, that's the way it sounded. Mm. Um, in terms of fine motor skills, I mean, there's many activities online. I follow a particular OT who keeps posting very, very easy stuff on Instagram, um, which doesn't require you going out and buying stuff to do, uh, things that you have at home. Even if you do one activity every two days, great. If you can manage every day, also great. But do with what works for you. In terms of gross motor activities, I mean, as long as your child is jumping, running around, if you have a yard, um, I do simple things. For example, I would let them run outside or sometimes I would just hide their toys around and I say, okay, it's treasure hunt time, go and find it. Anything to help them just get a little bit of activity because being at home, the worst thing we can do is allow them to sit by the screen. I know it's nice babysitters. But it is not healthy. It's actually detrimental to their development. And look, so it's we, a huge source of mom guilt, I think. You know, yes. When we do a last screen time, that's that's cool. But if our kid's been on it for a day, we as mothers, we keep trying to tell each other, you know, don't don't feel guilty. It's okay. We all have those days. And we really do all have those days. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's a source of guilt. And it is so for a reason. So I actually wanted to, to, to chat to you about... Uh, screen time uh, you know a lot of a lot of moms have been saying that their screen time has increased considerably especially if you need to get some quiet working done so what would be appropriate in that in that instance to, to try and balance that so you need to obviously every child age is different but I find it now with online schooling etc there's more screen time than we used to have before Yes, I myself also do get some, I've also increased it a little bit because obviously I'm working and I need, and I can't always be there. But what I do find is that if we basically have our plan, and I think that works for moms beautifully in the sense that if we have structure in our day, so yes, things are not always going to go as planned. Things happen. And the days that we have a bad day and it doesn't, our plan got totally thrown out the window, it's okay. You are human. You know there is no such a thing as a perfect parent as long as you're trying and you're good enough. That's what we need. But that's, as long as you're trying, that's good enough. Good enough parenting is what we're striving to achieve. Um, so basically, if you, it does, if it does not go uh, at the end, as I said, it's okay. It's to say, you know, today was a bad day. Things didn't work. Yes, they did. They spent a bit more time on the screen. That's okay. Tomorrow may be a better day and take it day by day as it comes. Lower your expectations. But what I do find with, with what, when parents are working, if you know your child is into art or craft or coloring or whatever it is, but keep a box available, ready. Um, and you don't always have to sit with them and tell them, they, and just tell them, you know, if they're into making things, I want to, like, I know my kids love dinosaurs. So, I always like, for for example, I have pictures of dinosaurs and I'm like, I have paper plates out and I have colors out. And I would say, okay, make your own dinosaurs. And that's, they're like, I can't do it on my own. And it's, no, you're going to try and make it in colors. And when mommy comes back, mommy's going to see what you've done so far. Um, do, do it with whatever, whatever your child. If they like coloring, do that. If they like Play-Doh, keep 
it aside and keep all of us in a nice little box so that when you feel like screen time is too much, you have everything readily available. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can make, for example, ho- paint, if you don't have paint, there's homemade paint recipes, there's homemade Play-Doh recipes. If you keep um, colors, paper, if you keep a coloring book, if you keep whatever it is that you think would interest yourself, and you keep all of that in the box. And when it's time for, when you think screen time is becoming a bit much, you pull out this box and you're like, okay, now it's time to do something else. So to keep them, uh, to keep them going. As I said, there's many resources which you can get online in terms of fine motor skills, um, which doesn't cost an arm and a leg. It's quite simple activities. If you, let's say on a Saturday, if you prepare a few, one of a few exercises, you don't need to use it all in the week. You can carry it over. Or if you don't get to use it, that's also okay. But if you have it available, you can always pull it out and say, okay, do this. Um, or to, and as I said, it doesn't need to be elaborate stuff. As long as your child is get running, jumping, uh, getting some movement in their body for their growth motor skills, that's great enough. Fine motor skills, you know, there's sometimes when you're cooking, for example, because we as moms are juggling a whole lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You're cooking. Why not while you're cooking? Leave your child at the at the table. Give them a plastic knife and ask them to chop something for you. Something that's not enough. Or mm-hmm. give them, um, for example, let them take a little bit of like I keep flour in one little bit of flour in one plastic bag, um, sugar, and let, put that in them as make sure they can draw something in the flour while you're cooking. So you're getting your task done while they getting some sort of activity done. Um, so try and do something where you're not training yourself, like in the sense that if I'm going to sit with him, I wouldn't able to cook the meal. Why are you cooking the meal? They are there. Whether they are busy ch- uh, using a plastic knife to cut up the banana, good enough. Mm. They're getting their fine motor skills. It doesn't need to be elaborate. And in terms of quality time, you know, as I said, it's not about... It's not about, you know, I'm sitting like with my child for hours, but while I'm sitting with my child, I'm busy on my emails and I'm busy on answering phone. That's not, that's not time for a child. So it should always be think about, you know, I'm here. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. Whether you take that half an hour, um, your half an hour to go in the backyard and just spend that half an hour with them, that's great, good enough. Or while you're cooking, they sitting with you and helping you through making something or stirring something. That's quality time. That's really quality time. You don't need to be, you know, doing every single thing in terms of creating fancy ideas to call it quality time. Use what you use, what is within your means, and what you have available available to to that to you. If there's a task which you can incorporate um, that you have to do. That is, I said, cooking, baking, whatever it is, ask them to join you. Uh, whether it's a simple thing like I'm making the bed. Okay, can you help me bring the pillows? Things like that. That's building skills. You're asking, okay, can you bring the, can you bring the, uh, the, 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 the pillow? What shape is that? Rectangle. Learning as you are doing in it, as you are continuing your own task. Mm. I like that. And I think, I think the reason why we as moms, Panic is because we try to do too much. So we try and we look on Facebook, we look on Instagram, we see these lovely, beautiful activities, 
And we think we need to do that in order to help our children develop. No, our children can develop just doing ordinary simple tasks, like helping you do chores in, in the house, giving them a small broom and telling them to sweep. Um, you know, things, any small tasks, it's all going to lead to their development. So, yeah, small, small tasks. Oh, Sakira, thank you so much. It's it's really been, I think a lot of moms, should I put it this way, their mommy hearts are going to rest easy after after hearing, especially just letting it sink in that we all need to lower our standards and that I, I think every day, not every day is going to look the same. Um, so, no, it's not. So just if you, if you, well, what I try and implement is if I, I'm heavily focused on work one day and I feel a little bit guilty because I let my my one-on-one time with my child slide, then the next day I make up for it. And, and so it goes. It's just a, almost like a pendulum swinging one way or the other. And I think uh, we all need to be a little bit more gentle on ourselves. Yes, Samantha, but another thing is when you ask the one day focused on work, hmm. not that you're not seeing to your child. You focus on work and then you're making supper or dinner or lunch. Get them involved with you. Mm. Yes, it's quality time. While you're sitting on the table, talk to them. Quality mm. time. When you're getting them ready for bed, quality time. As you're doing things like bathing, have conversations, talk about different shapes, talk about different things, you know, learning in quality time. So learning in quality time can be done anywhere with any task. It does not need to be elaborate. hundred percent. That's such great advice. Well, um, Zakira, what we're going to do is link all our listeners up if I can even get the names of some of the webinars that have been um, very useful and then we'll hook them up to the books that you mentioned including my hero is you from UNICEF um, and even some some of the OTs that you that you follow that would be amazing I, I would also like to put our listeners in touch with you um, on Facebook guys it's uh, the educational psychologist Do- Joburg um, am I right yes and it's the same on the Instagram wonderful uh, guys, give Zakira a follow. There's so much great content and useful information. And um, yeah, Zakira, thank you so much. I hope it's not the last time that we have you on The Great Equalizer. Wow. Okay, so you know what's really cool about about what a lot of the stuff that she said? From my personal perspective a lot of the stuff she said I was like okay well I knew that or yes I've been implementing that or yes I've been doing that what what's nice for me about what a lot of the stuff that she's saying is just to know that okay I am on the right track yes (laughs) I kind of feel and I, I I think I'm one of those parents who doubt myself I doubt myself all the time which is stupid because your your mom radar and instinct is generally Right. But I guess if I had to say what the bottom line for me was um, from everything she said was we know our kids best. We are their parents. And as much as this is an uncertain time for us, it's an uncertain time for them. And you just got to use your mom knowledge as 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 your guide and then obviously resources, as mentioned. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of moms that we talk to on a daily basis that put out resources or have read interesting articles or have found helpful tools and and by sharing this interview with her, 
you know, I'm hoping that we can, we can a let those moms out there who like you and I feel like shit, all these kids going to be okay. Um, this is a resource for them to know, you know what? My kid is going to be okay because my kid's got me as a mom mm. and I'm doing okay. hundred percent. And I'm bombing at momming. <laughs> I'm, we're all flipping bombing at momming guys. Exactly. Yes. We're doing this thing. We're navigating a global pandemic, an unprecedented global pandemic, and working and managing our households and keeping our kids happy. We're fine. We're fine. And our kids will be fine. And I look, I have to say this. I've interviewed um, Zakira a number of times, and she always comes back to how are you looking after your own mental health? Yeah. And I know that self-care brings on heavy eye rolls from a lot of people. But she always says, like, I've interviewed her about managing divorce for your kids' sake and um, raising resilient children um, there and plenty of others. And every single time um, she mentions, kids will take their cues from you. Mm. So watch what you say, watch how you react Think about how you feel and manage yourself. If you put all your resources only into your children, you're going to come up short. I believe, mm. I really believe that. And I never give hard and fast advice like that, or I don't intend to at least. But uh, she keeps going back to that and it makes so much sense. What am I doing? I lost my shit today. Um, and Ray came in. He was busy working and he came in and he said to me, why didn't you come to me when you could feel you were reaching boiling point? I would have stopped what I was doing just to give you that break that you needed. Mm. And that's the reinforcement that we need, whether your husbands are going to be there to help you or whether you're the one who checks yourself. Check yourself because, I mean, if, if you're okay, your kids will be okay. You and know, and I that's my bottom line. I agree with you there. It's it's. Uh, I think if I talk if earlier in the, uh, the discussion I mentioned to you how I was spacing out, and I think if uh, I, I'm sure listeners are listening and they're like, well, when the fuck am I supposed to get time for self care? But maybe self care at this point isn't isn't taking a long bath or taking time for yourself or whatever. It's maybe just that tapping out, mm. having a time out, or mm. or cutting yourself some slack. Well, I didn't fucking clean the kitchen today. So be it. I didn't get to do the washing today. So be it. You know, maybe that is your self-care. Not putting that load on yourself so much like you normally would because at this point in time, it is okay. And it is okay for our children so they can be all right. So how about we keep talking? For sure. You know this, listeners. We ask you every episode, if you want to chat with us, weigh in on something, swear, rant, cry, laugh, DM us a voice note on Instagram at the Great Equalizer Podcast, or you can record one on your phone and hit us up over email. Info at thegreatequalizer.co.za. Also, remember, you can tag us in any of your Instagram or Facebook posts. Also, if you noticed our... Um, our stories on Instagram recently and on Facebook. We are on the lookout f uh, for moms of, of color who could use a platform. Um, and we, we want to get to know everybody. We want to um, put our money where our mouth is and, and take action and really um, 
you know, show that we believe and and in diversity and inclusivity. And so please keep the suggestions coming. We are always open to any kind of new content that you guys are looking for and to showcase any moms that you guys want to hear from. Uh, so, yeah, feel free to tag us in any of your Instagram or Facebook posts or slide into our DMs. Yeah, that's so important to us, guys. Any kind of support, even this kind of uh, mention of is anybody who has had an influential story or has made an impact on your life. Um, we really want to, like Sam says, grow our diversity. And what we want to do is create a community and a network of people. So um, you have no idea how much all of this means to us, even the likes, the loves, the comments and the shares. It means the world to us. Please don't forget um, while you are showing the love to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook. And as always, hit the subscribe button so that you know when we are sliding into your inbox, please. Exactly. The more we're seen, the better this podcast will do and the better we will be for you. And so, Charlene, I think that's it for this week. Until next time. Keep, keep your, your mom game games strong. strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizer.co.za or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at info at and we'll get back to you.